Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast brought to you by Tricress. We are on a mission to make it happen for every ambitious SME on the planet and we're doing that by delivering you fantastic tried and tested business coaching and consulting through our app called Fuel My Business. We're also doing that through a network of talented and highly experienced Tricrest partners who are on the ground business coaches and consultants. But for today, you're going to hear from real life entrepreneurs and business owners who are on all kinds of journeys, the beginning, the middle and the end. We want you to learn from this and know that you are not alone. Enjoy. and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. I'm joined today by Pam Akuli, who is the CEO and founder of Just Like Me. Hello, Pam. How are you? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Tell everybody what Just Like Me is, because it's really different. (laughs) So Just Like Me um, is my company that I started off pretty organically, and it is a picture book series where at the heart of each story, we really champion diversity and inclusiveness and kindness and acceptance, all the things we need more of in the world right about now. (laughs) And how it came about was that I'm a mother of three boys. So I've got a seven-year-old, four-year-old and a two-year-old. So uh, life is pretty Can I just say, you deserve a medal just (laughs) for that bit, okay? (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So yeah, life is pretty chaotic and full on, especially considering the circumstances that we're already at the moment as well. Um, But my eldest son, Walter, who's seven, um, was diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder uh, back in 2017, and he was completely nonverbal. So he really struggled to communicate on like the very basic level. Mm -hmm. Um, But we started to realize that he had this kind of infatuation with books and pictures. Um, So obviously as parents, we got him more and more books Um, and he actually started to communicate using pictures with us. So for example, if he was um, hungry or needed a drink, he would find his book and open that page and then point to the the food or the drink. And we started Mm -hmm. to realize that that's his own way of communicating with us, um, which was great and really clever for, he was only four at the time or three and a half at the time. Um, And I said to my husband one day, I was like, I love the fact that he's so passionate with books and visuals but I really wish we could find books where he can see himself in the pages of books Mm. um and I started to research and when we got his diagnosis for autism I thought yeah there's going to be loads of books for children about autism Um, and there really wasn't and that was quite heartbreaking um but then I also had to remind myself that before I had Walter I really was clueless when it came to autism I'd heard of it but I'd had the same kind of uh, common misconceptions that many people do have. Um, So when I was researching and trying to find these books, there were a few, um, primarily in the States, but not that many in the UK. Um, And I also wanted to have a book where, yes, maybe the child is autistic, but other children who are not autistic could still fully appreciate and enjoy those books. And I really struggled. So I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna create my own 
um, picture book series. And at first they were just going to be for Walter. Um, mm -hmm. And then as I started writing these, I was started to get more passionate about these. And I want, I wanted to share the message of inclusiveness and diversity further afield. So yeah, that's how just like me books was created. <laughs> That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And what, what did you do before you set this business up? Okay, so completely different. Yeah. So when I finished university, um, I became an investment banker at HSBC. <laughs> so I was an investment banker and lived in London for many years and suffered complete burnout. Oh. And I mean, a complete burnout oh. from that job. Um, so I left and um, you know, again, when you're growing up, you 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 visualize like investment banker as being like this really kind of sexy career, mm -hmm. and to certain extent it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you don't really get to see the the flip side of it, the dark side of it, which is working relentless, so long hours, mm -hmm. the pressure as well, um, that you probably put on yourself, um, as well as the company. Um, and yeah, so I just suffered really bad burnout from there. So I left and came back home and kind of took a bit of time out to kind of think about what I really want to do with my life. What do I, what makes me happy? What makes me tick? And I think these are the questions that unfortunately schools don't really ask. No, do you know what I mean? No. They ask like, what do you want to do when you finish school? And who knows? Like, <laughs> I had no clue. Absolutely no, no clue. Me neither. No. Um, so you end up just kind of like following the herd, don't you? And then you realize, hang on, this is not for me at all. Um, and then if you kind of veer off track, then you kind of start to feel like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not doing as well as everybody else. So I took literally about six months of crying on my mum and dad's sofa <laughs> and going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I remember a friend said to me, like, you know what, if you don't know what you want to do, then use this. You're blessed to have, you know, a supportive family. So use this time to really think about, you know, what makes you excited. And I was like, I just don't know. I feel so burnt out and so demotivated. And the only thing that was kind of helping me get to like a mental health level where I felt really good about myself was exercise. Um, so I started to do a little bit of exercise here and there. I was never sporty at school or anything like that. But then I started to realize that, you know, that was having a huge impact on my mental health for like a, a positive way um and about I'm, I'm literally hopping through this story really quickly now because it's really long <laughs> <laughs> it's great I love it investment banker lying on the sofa I mean to see what happens next um and I literally went for a, a walk one day because I started doing walks as like my daily thing to kind of like help me with anxiety and depression and things like that and I was becoming a bit of a recluse and my mum and dad were like we need to get out get out go for a walk do something um, I just ended up walking one day and I literally went past this village hall and I heard this music blasting and I, was, I kind of peered through the window looking very creepy um, and I just saw this exercise instructor doing a class and I was literally mesmerized I was just like the people in this class look so happy uh -huh. they are sweating their asses off but they look so happy and I'd been miserable for years and I thought I just want a piece of what they've got that that, oh. that feeling um and the woman obviously caught me staring through the window she told me to come in <laughs> she, she didn't tell you to go away and call <laughs> no, thank god just yeah. come, in, come in um and I literally watched like the last 10 minutes of the class and um, afterwards we had a chat and she was like, do you want to join the class? I was like, absolutely no, <laughs> absolutely. I, I won't do it, I won't do it. Um, I love to say that I joined her class and I had like, you know, this love affair um, with fitness and exercise, which I kind of did, but I didn't. Um, but it literally started, it kind of like ignited that 
fuel, that fire in my belly. Uh-huh. I was like, you know what, there's other things outside than investment banking. And quite can, a few. Yeah, quite yeah, a few. Exactly. Like yeah. it sounds really kind of cliche, but the world is kind of your oyster. Like if you kind of get out of that tunnel vision view and sidestep a little bit, you start to realize, hang on, there's other things that I never ever thought that I could possibly be good at or enjoy. Yeah. So I started thinking about exercise all the time. And then because I was excited and you know, for the first time I was doing things that I generally wanted to do and it made me feel really, really good. And there was no external pressure. I started to do more exercise and more exercise. And I started to join a gym and I started to join exercise classes. And then a year later, I became a fitness trainer. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did, Pam. Of course, of course that's a long way of telling you what I did. So <laughs> apart from writing books, I'm also a fitness trainer as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. You, you're so right. You, you do, uh, once upon a time, I used to work for a big uh, organisation. And I remember that feeling of, of leaving and stepping out and going, oh, there is a world outside mm-hmm. of there. Because when you're in an institution or, you know, investment banking is, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sausage machine, isn't it? You, yeah. get, you get your grades, really good grades, and you end up in yeah. this giant sausage machine. And you think that's all there is. And you're right, the minute you step outside, you're like, oh, there is a world out there. And it's really nice. It's waiting um, for you to make yeah. a laugh on it. And that realisation was just like, ah, okay okay <laughs> so it's fine that I don't understand what I'm doing that's yeah. not an issue yeah what I should be doing is embracing this change and being like okay I want to try as many things as possible yeah, to yeah. see what I'm good at and I think with like mainstream education we kind of like you have to know what you're doing yeah and I know you get narrowed down so quickly don't you yeah, yeah. and it, it's really hard when your kids are little Mike I've got two older ones and a, and one just start in her first year of high school so I've got the spread but you, you, you kind of like, oh, you know, you need the exams, but then you look back and go, you don't, unless you are going to go into a profession and be there forever. Yeah. You, you need a good level of education, but the exam, nobody asks you about your exams after the age of 21, literally nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you're so right. And I think like, especially for me, I remember growing up and I remember like career advisors, um, you know, asking me what I was interested in. And they were like, you've got too many interests, you need to narrow it down. Right. So, and now I'm just like, no, this is really good. I think for years, it's kind of been like, you have to pick one thing and stay in your lane and do the best that you can possibly do in that lane and don't navigate off that. And now I'm very much like, I feel like the world is catched up and we're like, you know, dip your toe in as many things yeah. as possible because even if you fail at it, and you probably will. Yeah, let's <laughs> you, face it. <laughs> exactly you are going to learn so much of it for years I thought my whole investment banking career was a complete failure I did never want to talk about it I didn't want to tell anyone about it but now I look back and I think actually although I didn't enjoy it I've learned so much from the whole experience and going through those kind of like dark days um so yeah I think we have to be we've got to celebrate diversity when it comes in every shape and form yeah yeah, absolutely. So right, you really are. Okay, so let's talk about the books and the business. Mm. So just like me, I love the title. It's really good. And the illustrations are gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> they are absolutely delightful. And <laughs> um, what age range are the books aimed at? Yeah, so they're aged for like um four to seven year olds. I am gonna be doing some 
um books for like the older audience okay. um like teenage years that's good, right. definitely gonna be next year but at the moment I'm kind of concentrating on this early year um years for sure oh lovely mm-hmm. and and how does Walter respond to them is he is he using them the way he used the other books tell me about that oh, do you know what the best thing about it is I remember I came downstairs on Sunday and he was sitting on the sofa and this was probably about about a year ago just over a year ago and um he'd picked that book off the shelf and he's got hundreds of books so to to pick my book was like oh that's great that's lovely and he kept saying and pointing going it's Walter it's Walter um because visually it does look like Walter the character is of dual ethnicity um we've got lovely big afro hair um he wears the character wears ear defenders and Walter wears ear defenders because he struggles with certain noises and he gets very overwhelmed with like sensory and um situations and needs so instantly although he couldn't read all the words he literally could see that picture Mm. and identify and relate to the character and I've had so many similar messages from people who bought the book saying you know what my son didn't want to wear his ear defenders but now he sees Buster wearing the ear defenders which is the character um he doesn't want to not wear his ear defense anymore and I think that is so golden and it's so powerful and it's so important um that children of any ethnicity or ability can literally pick up a book of their choice and can relate to the story or the scene or the family environment or something it's really really important because we know books serve as such a high purpose when it comes to early years they learn about friendship and they learn about differences um and we should be talking about differences and celebrating the differences. So yeah, for me, that moment will always stick with me. And that kind of gives me my driving force when I'm tired from working and oh, I'm not hitting as many milestones as I think I should be doing from a business perspective. I always go back to that memory and say there's so many different waters in the world who will have that experience. And that is so priceless. That is beautiful. That That's just... Yeah, and every time you get a message from a parent, mm-hmm. the child, that just must fill you with absolute joy. It really does, because the, the common messages I keep getting is it's like, where are the books for our children with special needs? Like, oh. we almost feel like our children are being, uh, they're invisible, do you know yeah. what I mean? And autism, again, it's a really complex, invisible condition, and you never see or have two autistic people the same and why should you because they're two different people um, but everybody's always got this kind of idea that that the autistic person is either a genius and is amazing at maths <laughs> always kind of eccentric and quirky and not every autistic person is like that at all so we should be showing these in in pictures and in books and and starting that conversation with children I think that's really important because they're so inquisitive they want to know why is that person got brown skin why is that person got big hair why is that person doing a certain thing and I think parents because if we don't know the answer we kind of shy away from it and we're like oh well, oh don't I don't know don't ask that question and it should be yeah that's an excellent question um, and here's a book about it and that's an easy way to strike that conversation it is it's brilliant it's brilliant was it Michelle Obama who said if you can't see it you can't be it absolutely 
Um, and, and you know, on the day that there was a report out from a big exec search company saying that, you know, there's no, there are no, and I couldn't believe there's black and ethnic minority mm -hmm. members of boards in the top 100 companies in the UK. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very sad day for society. Yeah. Um, and so it, but it starts when the kids, it starts Absolutely. with kids going, well, yeah, it's okay to wear my ear defenders yeah. because there are other kids like that. Yeah. Uh, and like you say you know it's okay to have brown skin because there are other kids like that yes. and yeah it, it's yeah it does start when they're little so you're doing a really important thing yeah I, I really but the thing is I, it stems like from me when I was a child I um originally from Staffordshire a tiny rural village in Staffordshire and we were the only black family for so many years the only black child in my school for so many years and I just remember thinking I wished someone else looked like me. I really did. And I remember coming back home from school and I'd drawn a picture of my family and I was so excited to show my mum. And I remember my mum's face. She was so sad when she looked at this picture because I'd coloured every single member of my family in pink crayon. Right. And she was like, Pam, we're not, we're not pink. We're not white. <laughs> and although I knew that, <laughs> I kind of thought I should colour everyone in pink because yeah. no one else is colouring anyone with a brown crayon and these are the things that kind of always stick with me and although I've got three mixed race children I'm so I find it so important that from an early age they know both sides of their heritage yeah um and children don't even notice differences for such a long time and then when they do ask the question they just want a really simple answer from you and then they'll move on to something else yeah that's it yeah, it, it goes into the category of, oh, right, thanks, got the answer to that. Right, yeah. next. Exactly. Yeah, no, I love that. So, um, okay, you're running two businesses, your fitness mm -hmm. business and the book business. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've had this little thing called COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fitness businesses have been hit high, quite hard. What have, what have you done to kind of make changes there? So the moment Boris was just like restaurants, pubs, gyms closed, mm. um, I was just like, okay, we just move it online yeah. because we, yeah. we need, we can't just stop, you no. know, there need, there's going to be like, there's, the ch there's change. Absolutely. But we can't just stop. We need to have some, some kind of consistency because there's so many people who go to the gym or classes, not just to look good, but to feel good. Yeah. And I know from, from you know personal experience that the fitness was one thing that really helped me when it came to my mental health so I literally that night was like okay we set up an online group we'll do it on Facebook first of all um and I literally was just like you know what I'm going to charge everyone one pound for a class that is it because I know finances when they're tight the first things that go are your own personal needs whether it's hairdressers or fitness or clothes or whatever and I thought I don't want the cost to be a barrier from someone stopping to do exercise I was like you know what the classes they're one pound they'll always be a pound and if you can't make the live classes I'll record them and send you the link later so you literally got no excuse because <laughs> you're in lockdown you're in the comfort of your own home you don't even have to turn your zoom camera on okay you can be doing it completely starkers if you wanted to it's one pound so yes times are tough but I guarantee you can find one pound and if you miss the class you've got a replay link so you can do it in between sorting out kids or work or whatever I literally was like I don't want anybody to sit there thinking the whole world has gone to part and I can't do anything you need to have some kind of element of control and the one thing you can control is how you feel and how you respond to situations so I was like here I'm going to give you the tools 
and you're going to commit to doing it. So it's actually worked out amazing <laughs> business-wise. It's worked out amazingly well. And the commun online community that um, I say we, because we've got over a thousand members in there now. Wow. It's ridiculous. It's, it, and it's just grown organically. And I've not done any kind of advertising or yeah. anything like that because there was a part of me was a little bit like I felt a bit weird that my business is doing really well in a global pandemic mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's like consciously it was a bit like is that right um, should I be happy or should I be sad like and I thought right okay no I should be happy because we are reaching more people yeah. really need just to get out of their own head for a little bit and exercise is such a good way of doing that yeah. so I made um a rule that the classes will always be a pound always regardless like I'm where can people it. find these classes okay. <laughs> well if um if you go if you're on Facebook you just literally have to type in comeback fitness uh -huh. um, and if um my literally my husband as we speak now is doing the website downstairs so that Ooh. will be live tomorrow so that's combatfitness.co.uk so that will be up and running within like the next 24 hours hours um, yes come and join come and join classes are a pound and um, so many different styles of classes from you know conditioning to pilates to yoga um to strength to dance um so yeah come 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 join. i bet your classes are quite good fun as well oh really fun. <laughs> like we have theme nights like once a month and it's just like a huge party because we just need it at the moment don't we we need yeah. to like our spirits up i'm gonna look that so, up. yeah okay so i was gonna interview about just like me so let's get back to just like yes. me um the books how are they going i saw they're on amazon um, yeah. which, which is great and how are they going and how are you getting word out there about them doing really well so they're on amazon obviously you can get them off our web page um just like me dot just like me books dot uk um they're also in bookshops but obviously that's not going great at the moment considering the circumstances but again um i had to do so much marketing and when i say marketing i'm not talking about spending thousands of pounds because we really haven't because we're a tiny tiny business and um, with a tiny budget but i was really my strategy has always been about inclusion and di inclusiveness and diversity so i need to get the books out there so i need to contact every school under the sun about mm -hmm. these books i need to contact you know speech and language therapists i need to contact doctors i need to contact mummy bloggers i literally had to throw myself out there um and just get the word out and you know what i think you think people are going to know your book instantly it's continuous like nearly nearly 18 months in I'm still having to do the same kind of marketing and PR and it's it can be relentless it can yeah. be you were on woman's hour though weren't you yes so that, yeah I was very impressed how <laughs> did you how did you swing that one I, do you know what I'm a really strong believer that the things that scare you you should probably do because yeah. honestly I got asked to write an article for a magazine about the double discrimination uh, black children with autism face and i was very much like i want to write it but i know there's going to be a, a lot of hostility whenever we start talking about race and disabilities and diversity i feel like sometimes a lot of people go yeah but what about all the white children with autistic autism as well and i'm very much like 
we're not discarding that at all but when we're talking about race and disability it's like next level we are talking about what you are the children being discriminated because of skin or because of their disability or both and usually it's both so this is a conversation although it's sensitive we need to talk about so I was very um and ah about writing it and the editor was just like come on you've got three mixed race children you've been through the autistic process you can speak firsthand you face discrimination when it comes to your children's diagnosis so you've got to talk about it mm-hmm. so I talked about it I wrote about it I had some lovely feedback from it and then someone tweeted the article on Twitter and um, one of the producers from Woman's Hour um, must have seen it oh, because wow. then she messaged me and said, I'd love for you to come and talk about this in your books. So again, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, if I'd said no, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna find, face so much like tro- trolling from people online, I'm not gonna do it. Then this opportunity wouldn't have come up and other opportunities wouldn't have come up. So yeah, you have to kind of just do it. Listen yeah, to book up and just do it. You do. You really do. I, I call it hanging out in the unknown, yeah. taking that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and you really, you do as, a, as an entrepreneur, business owner, mom, you know, mm-hmm. you, do. you have to take that leap of faith and trust your instincts and your gut and go, yeah, okay, I may get some flack. And there are always people out there that are going to be horrid and let them be horrid. And it's, yeah. you know, they, that's... They're doing themselves so much damage by being horrid. It's just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it shouldn't stop you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Going out there and and, yeah. and being brave about it, I think. It Taking is. a big brave pill. Absolutely. And I think, like, I'm writing books about how like, we should be celebrating kindness and you shouldn't be scared to be yourself. So now I'm sitting there going, oh, I don't know if I should be myself for that. <laughs> oh my God, do you know what I mean? Definitely. You have to. It's scary, like you said. So it's, it's a lonely it's a lonely process of being, you know, an entrepreneur. And sometimes you ask a thousand people a question, but fundamentally, if it doesn't sit right with you, it doesn't matter how many people you ask, you've got to make that call at the end of the day. And whether it's the right call or the wrong call, it doesn't matter because you just have to know that at the time you thought it was the right thing to do. And for me at that time, I was like, right, I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write it. I'm going to be completely authentic and real and honest. And yes, it might get people going, oh, 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 oh. And I thought, no, but we have to have these conversations because we've been shying away from it for far too long. Yeah. You've got to name the issue before you can solve it. That's for sure. You yes. really do. Yeah. Unless you name it, nothing's going to get done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, it's amazing. So stuff coming out for older children, um, which is great. Yeah. And where what's what's your ambition for the for the business? For just like me, what what's your big vision? It's kind of I, I have little visions. Okay. I don't have like the ultimate massive one. Right. Six months ago, I thought, how could I make the books even more accessible and inclusive? Mm. Um because you read a book, you put it down, you might pick it up again, or you might never read it again. I thought, how can I keep this going? How can we generate like really good traction and get a really good community? Um, and again, it went back to Walter. I thought, what did Walter really need when he was completely nonverbal? He needed to still feel like he was part of this story. He needed to feel like he could pick up the book and even though he couldn't speak, he was still having that storytelling experience. So I started researching it. A little bit of an exclusive for you now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so what we've been working on in the last, the last six months is using augmented reality with our books. 
Wow. So that has just gone after a couple of days to go. It's like in its pilot phase at the moment. But basically, if you've got a copy of any of the books, um, you would download an app. Um, and then you use the app as well as using the book and it will like pop up with like the characters and it'll have little sounds. So my book is very visual and it's very vocal in the sense of like you can use washing noises or banging noises and things like that. Um, so if you could, for example, touch on the drums, it will start making the drum noise. So these are things that are really good for children who've got sensory needs, yeah. who struggle with um, communication and speech and language. Um, they can still be part of the story. Um, so yeah, this is where we're going to take the rest of the books as well. I think it's really important that, um, you know, kids should be able to pick up a book and even if they can't read, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They'll have fun and learn about the story and feel like they're part of the story as well. That's amazing. I've always thought augmented reality and books yeah. go beautifully together. So yes, really do. Yeah. Really, really do. So um, yeah, so that's like our mini goal that we're kind of working on at the moment. Um, and loads more books. I've written the books. It's the the process of getting the books made is hard and getting the right illustrator for the book um as well. Our illustrator Ray is amazing. Um, and he does really kind of like bright, vibrant um big cartoon kind of um illustrations which are really good and really visual and they kind of like oh, out on the page so that's really good um some other stories that i've written might need a little bit more of a detail when it comes to the illustrators so again um we're looking for illustrators for those books as well um but all our books are just going to always have a character with some type of disability yeah. as the main as the hero um of the character regardless of what the ethnicity is i think it's really important because there's something like 0.5% of children's books in the UK have a character with a disability as the main character. Mm. And that's really sad. And when we're talking about disability, I'm not just talking about wheelchair bound. Yeah. Obviously, you know, neurodiverse children, um, children who are deaf or blind. Um, do you know what I mean? So it's really important that we have more of these books. But to have more of these books, we need more of a need. So this is the kind of like the yin and the yang. We need to get out there and promote the books and get people to like you know rally behind the books which they're doing beautifully and I can't thank everyone enough who buys the books or recommends the books but it's harder to sell books with children who are disabled than for example a dinosaur or a yeah. fairy. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. And they definitely. shouldn't be but it is unfortunately. It is. Yeah it is. Um, so my next question was going to be about Walter because you're saying that he am I have I picked up correctly that he now has speech? Yeah. It's still right. delayed, but yes, he talks now. Now, here's the thing. Do you think the books have helped him with his, develop his speech? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And not even just with the speech, it's just how, because um, one thing that Walter really struggles with, which is a lot of autistic children and people in general, is kind of like regulating and, and channeling their emotions, the emotional mm -hmm. side of it. So if Walter is feeling hurt or he's feeling tired he finds it hard to communicate now for me and you are tired we'll just go oh i'm tired today yeah and sit down yeah but for someone who struggles to understand what that tired feeling is and then verbalize it that could come out as anger yeah. or upset um so the book really helps because the character as well he struggles with the emotions um so it it kind of when Walter looks at the book, he's like, oh, okay, so Buster, the character, he doesn't like the sound of a hand dryer. 
in the bathroom or in the toilet and this is something that I really struggle with so what does Buster do Buster starts dancing yeah he starts to use the noise of the hand dryer to almost be like music to him oh so Walter said so Buster doesn't like the noise of a door banging oh I don't like the noise of a door banging either but what does Buster do in the story Buster starts banging it even more <laughs> so almost like facing these fears do you know what I mean so these stories are not only helping from like speech and language point of view but just to have that self-awareness yeah. that self-acceptance which is really important I mean Walter's only seven but you know <laughs> you know like you remember things when you're younger do you know yeah. how, someone, some, how someone spoke to you or how someone treated you that sticks with you so um yeah books are just I know I'm biased but they're just they're more than just a story yeah oh, oh you, you're preaching to the converted <laughs> there Pam I did an English <laughs> literature degree and I, I can't oh, wow. throw books away and and I've never bought a kindle because I just love yeah. books I love the yeah. touch and feel of them the smell of them my kids are as I say a couple of them are older and I can't get rid there are some of their picture books that I just yeah. won't get rid of at yeah. all that I just know we, we're keeping those for yeah. I still have my secret seven collection from my so funny that you should say that I found mine the other day when I was going through the loft because we've recently moved house right we moved into the house so I just found this random box I was like what is all this stuff I've got so much stuff and it was like in the blighted secret seven and the famous five and I thought why have I still got these but I can't get rid of them. Nope. I can't, I can't get rid of them. Every time, every now and again, I think I must, I'm never going to read the secret seven ever again, but I look at them and think, no, I can't get rid of them because they were so, like you said, they were so important to me. Yeah. That's what I spent my pocket money on yeah. when I and saved they, up and got a new copy. And even like you said, even if you don't read the book, you instantly look at the book cover yeah. and it takes you back to a memory. Yeah, and it's that's so precious so you don't want to get rid of that you don't want to get rid of that at all do. oh it's amazing now normally at this stage Pam I say if, if you could describe your business as a person as a character how would you describe it but I'm wondering whether it's just Walter <laughs> <laughs> it is it's it's, it's Walter for, or for any child who's different and when we talk about different we're talking about me and you, Rebecca, are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Right? Totally. But we both should be celebrating. You have them. amazing hair that I would really <laughs> like. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should be literally celebrating every single difference, and we shouldn't be kind of conforming to being the same. We've got this mentality that you know what if someone's doing something different then we don't like that like we should all be doing the same thing not at all. The reasons that just like me books came to fruition is because like they say create the things that you wish existed and I at that moment in time I was like I wish there were so many books that Walter could literally go to a supermarket and be like I want that one and I want that one and I want that one and there was none of those so you have to create it um so yeah it's for any child or person who is different yeah and wants to celebrate those differences yeah because grown-ups are just big kids anyway yeah, so. exactly yeah. exactly well oh, that's amazing oh i wish you all the luck in the world it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure and I'm, so I'm going to look up combat fitness <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the link don't you worry I'll send you yeah. the link and I expect to see you in class <laughs> yeah. I'm now scared <laughs> oh, dear. thank you so much for your time Pam I really really appreciate it thank you my pleasure thank you
Thank you for listening to our Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. You can find us at tricrest.com and you can find Feel My Business there too. Answer the 12 questions in less than 60 seconds and find out exactly what's happening in your business and then even better, learn how to fix it. Did you know you can access our Tricrest partners through Feel My Business too? Just upgrade your subscription and you can get access to them in a group coaching session once a month or even one-to-one. Enjoy.